0: Of Oakland, California,
1: epic recording artist, Tower of Power. Yeah 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 Come on here Give me more There's Hello and welcome to another episode of the Path Pro Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Hodel. This week we sat down with two different coaches live from the Combine Scouting players. Danny Cruz, USL championship winning assistant coach for Louisville City, and Darren Swatsky, brand new USL League One head coach for FC Tucson. First up, we'll hear from Danny Cruz. Thanks for taking the time, Danny. How are you? Doing well, thanks. How are you?
2: Good. Uh, Enjoying your time in Northern California? Oh yeah, back in the Bay Area, man. It's, uh, It's a beautiful place.
1: Um, Can you start by, I guess, talking about your beginnings in soccer? What what first got you into the game?
2: Oh, man, you know, um, when I was a lot younger, uh, back in high school, you know, I jumped into the game as an opportunity to stay fit. Um, Ended up falling in love with it. Uh, Career path kind of went a lot quicker than I expected, but it was uh, a good experience, and I met a lot of good people along the way, and uh, now I ended up here, man. (laughs)
1: Awesome. You, so you went on to, to attend college at UNLV. Uh, what led to that decision, and was going pro something that was always on your radar, or did you pick the school for academic purposes?
2: No, it it, uh, it happened real quickly. To be honest with you, um, I went through the the ODP program um, quite a while ago. Met a met a coach by the name of Mario Sanchez, um, and uh, he was actually the head coach at UNLV. Um, I was playing for the regional team for him and. He's a guy that I respected, that I could tell believed in me, um, pushed me to want to be better every single day. And uh, those are the type of people I try to surround myself with. Uh, and at that point, um, I was with the national team, the youth national team at that point, the under-17s. Uh, and uh, I made the decision to, to stick with Mario, graduated high school, um, went there. And, and from there, uh, after a year and a half, got drafted. Um, Ended up at, with the Houston Dynamo. So. Yeah, so, so
1: what was that decision like? I guess to, to leave college early, um, especially with with going to MLS. Yeah.
2: No. It was it was it was a difficult decision for sure. Um, you know. But but to to my original point, uh, I had good people around me. Um, it wasn't a, a quick decision by any means. I weighed the pros and cons. Um, spoke a lot. Had a lot of conversations with Mario about it. Uh, he was nothing but supportive. You know. When Major League Soccer came in. Um, and offered me the contract. I had an opportunity to to fulfill my dream of playing professional soccer, and um, it wasn't one I was gonna pass up for sure.
1: Awesome, yeah, and you mentioned there, I guess, playing for the U-17 and and also the U-20 in the World Cup. What were those experiences like? What was traveling the world like playing soccer at that age?
2: Oh, man, listen, I mean, um, eye-opening for sure. Uh, Obviously, to see the talent all over the world and to experience different cultures, uh, I think was a really, really a valuable experience for me um and and anytime you're able to wear wear the crest and represent the crest especially playing a sport you love um you're extremely blessed I never took it for granted uh again like I said before I, I met a lot of good people along the way that helped me to get to where where I've gotten today um and, and those relationships that you build and you continue to build um throughout your life uh those are really what what this sport is about uh, and for me it's what life's about you know every experience I've gotten to to have has been with with good people um, and I try to continue to surround myself with those people yeah so th- another one of those people I guess is a uh,
1: Dominic Kinnear who you who you played under at Houston well, what was that jump to major league soccer like and playing playing for him
2: huge jump um, it was a huge jump, but I had some incredible teammates around me that, um, you know, when times got tough or, or I was struggling uh, with the transition for sure. Listen, I was a I was a 19-year-old kid um, who didn't have anything figured out at that point uh, other than I knew I was going to come in every day. I was going to work hard, try to make myself better both as a player and a person, and um, Dom was a huge part in that. Um, he, he believed in me when people didn't, um, and I think – If you go back and look at my track record with him and and what i've what i was fortunate and able to accomplish in my uh... mls career um... you know a huge part of that is playing for dom and playing with players that are big names in this country that kept me level-headed kept me uh... honest um... and i think those veterans and that coach are a big reason i was able to have the career that i had and as long as i had to be honest yeah and then
1: talk about a little bit about I guess the 2011 MLS Cup final I guess maybe not the perfect memory because you didn't win it all but it was a big game with a lot of big-time players on both sides of the field what, what was your biggest memory from that game
2: uh, to be honest I think walking out uh, walking out of the tunnel um, in the starting lineup with my family there uh, who um, didn't get to come see me play a lot um, and uh, to your point with big names that I grew up you know, knowing and learning, and and uh, kind of wanting to be like you know. Um, I'll never forget uh, after the game we had lost, and uh, we had this big party for for both teams. Um, and uh, you know, David Beckham walks up, and he's walking over to our side of the room and saying hello to all the players and the families. And he was he was nice. He was cordial. He um, he just seemed like a guy who cared. He said, you know, congrats on a, on a, on a good run, uh, things like that. But he talked with my family. He took pictures of my family. You know, those are things that and experiences that I never would have thought when I was a 15-year-old kid I would be able to do. And at the end of the day, to be able to start in an MLS Cup final, you know, not a lot of people get to do that. And, and uh, I worked hard to get to where I was, but I had a great, again, great group of teammates and coaching staff around me. And um, it's certainly an experience I'll never forget for sure. And then I guess you got into coaching
1: maybe a little earlier in your career than most, just making that switch. Is this something you were always planning for? Or what what made you, I guess, want to retire from playing when you're still at such a high level to switch to become a
2: coach? You know, uh, I I got drafted when I was 19 years old. I, you know, I had a nine-year career, which is long. Um, and I was ready to, to move on to what was next. And um, I was at a club that I, I respected and I wanted to learn from um, and it, everything happened really quickly to be honest it, it, it wasn't something that I was I, I was still under contract to play the year that I became a coach um, and I I made the decision to retire and, and take the coaching job so I wouldn't it was something I certainly thought about you know I was always coaching uh, kids I coached in the academy um, and uh, but it happened the transition happened really really quickly um, to be honest with you but I had long conversations with my wife I had long conversations with my family um, long conversations with um, people that I trust and respect and I felt it was best for me to to pursue the next dream which is to continue to get to the highest level that I can uh, um, regardless of my age Um, I think I have a lot of experience but I do have a lot to learn but I'm with someone right now that I can learn a lot from in, in John Hackworth, so.
1: Yeah, we'll get to him in a second. Um, I guess how difficult of a decision was it to to leave the Deltas at the point you did to start your coaching career, um, when especially with the team, you seem like really close-knit group of guys. You really like those guys. How difficult was it to leave that team midseason?
2: Very, very difficult. Um, but again, I, I did what I felt was best for my family and I at the time. Um, but it certainly wasn't an easy thing to do. Um, I have more respect than people will ever know for for Mark Dos Santos. Um, I would say that that's probably one of the closest teams uh, from a uh, culture and uh, winning mentality, that type of standpoint, we still talk to this day. We're in, I'm in a big group chat with a lot of the guys. Um, we were close, to your point. And I think that's why they went on to continue to have the success that they had. Uh, and if you look at what Mark and Todd Donovan were able to do, um, it's pretty pretty phenomenal, it really yeah. is.
1: The the, the the soccer staff was a special group of guys. And just to ask on that, Mark Dos
2: Santos, what, what type of coach is Vancouver getting? Whew they got an incredible coach more importantly an incredible man a guy who cares about his players um, but has a unique methodology and he he knows what he wants he knows the type of player that he that he wants to fit his culture most importantly i think you know quite often at the highest levels that can get lost sometimes um, and he's a guy that knows what he wants and i i'm i'm really really excited to follow them this year i thought i think they have uh... they made a great decision Um and and they they're gonna be a fun team to to follow for sure yeah and and I guess what's the biggest
1: thing you've learned in your first year coaching in the professional game alongside John Hackworth what was the the biggest thing you've learned in that first year
2: (sighs) oh man you know honestly I I learned so much I think I think to be honest the biggest thing is you see the game from a complete different lens which I think is important I really do Um, I can't I wouldn't narrow it down to one thing but I would say that uh, I'm not naive and just because I played at the highest level as long as I did I know that I have so much to learn and I'm open to making mistakes and and most importantly learning from those mistakes and I think that's something that um, every uh, coach that I've had and now staff that I've been on um, that's something that I think it's important to to keep in the back of your head
1: yeah and then one, one thing I don't want to bring up I guess a bad memory but I guess your career, your, your career ended on a on a missed penalty. Was it? Did that make it more difficult to hang up the cleats? I th-
2: I thought about it. Um, I did, but you know I, I can't measure my my career in one moment. And it was a it was a terrible moment. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I was in a dark place for a while there. And the people that know me know the type of person I am and and how much I care about what I do. Um, more importantly, the people that brought me into Real and that trusted me—a um, lot of that weighed on me. But when I made my decision uh, to retire, um, I didn't do it on just because of one one moment, and I didn't think to myself, "Well, that's going to be the last memory that I have on the field." Because the reality is, and we spoke about it earlier, I have a lot of good memories and a lot of memories that um, you know will stay with me for for the rest of my life. Um, MLS cup being a huge one and playing in a world cup and under 17 world cup in South Korea, under 20 and in, in Egypt. Those are, those are the things that I, I have to look back on and say to myself, um, you know what, you, you did something that a lot of people don't get to do. And, uh, I have to sometimes remind myself that I can't, I can't measure myself in that one moment, but certainly it was a very, very difficult time. So,
1: and, uh, I guess after half-season again with the Monarchs, you moved to Louisville, the champions. Like, How difficult is it to step in as a coach mid-season to a team that's that's already that good and, and make sure they respect you and John?
2: Yeah, no, I, listen, the, the thing about that group of, of men that we have is they're extremely professional. They're extremely open to listening to ideas, and, and um, the transition wasn't as difficult that I as I expected it to be because – of the group of players that we have, um, it really is a, a special group, uh, and I can't, I couldn't thank them enough when I came in, on how they made the transition uh, with me because they were open, they were listening, the feedback was always, uh, uh, there was always uh, honest conversation back and forth um, as far as what was happening on the field, um, and I feel like I, I stepped in. To a group that, that had it figured out um, and so uh, with Hack and I it, it really couldn't have been uh, a better transition. Obviously the year ended as best as it could have um, but it's a testament to the group that we have and the culture that that's built at the club and that we've continued to to try to grow since we got in.
1: So, so what does it mean to be part I guess of that Louisville legacy now that's that's two championships in a row and just how special are those fans? They don't have that MLS carrot necessarily like other USL teams, yet they keep showing up every game. They'll keep supporting that
2: team. Yeah, listen, the atmosphere in the game is, is phenomenal that our fans bring. I mean, it really is. Um, and what they continue to do and come week in, week out, range, uh, sun, low temperatures, high, it doesn't matter because they're there. Um, and the players feel that. And I think we have a really unique uh, club in that the way that it's built and the community that, uh, is surrounded by it, um, it's only made the club stronger. And I think we've, we've really, we're trying to continue to do things the right way, and our fans understand that. Um, you know, and there were some really, really special moments last year.
1: Yeah, and what, what made you want to, because you played under John Hackworth, what made you want
2: to coach with him, and, and what, what
1: type of person is he?
2: We're similar people. Um, we, we really, really care about the, the culture and character of our locker room and the guys that we bring in um and that's something i've always known about hack Uh, i i played for him with the philadelphia union i played for him when i was 16 a 16 year old kid i've known him for uh do the math 13 years now so um i've known him for a long time and and uh and you know when the opportunity came to come uh coach with him it was something that i jumped at absolutely because he's He's a guy that I know I can continue to learn from. But most importantly, to my original point earlier, he's a good person. And those are the people you want to surround yourself with.
1: So you, so I'm just saying you played under him and now coaching under him. What's, what's the difference there, whether it's coaching under him versus playing under him?
2: Um, I think you well. You're in the office. You're in the you're in the trenches every single day, and you're in you're you're talking situations out, and you're um, trying to figure out what's best for the team. Um, obviously, that's a lot different than sitting in a room and, and listening to a message from him as a coach, right? So now uh, I'm a part of that message with him, um, and, and it's something that that I think we've we've done a good job of. And, but we have to continue. I mean, this this year is is uh, extremely important that we we we. Finish just as good uh, as we did last year. It's a lot of
1: pressure to go go going for that 3 threepeat. Um, what would you say your your coaching style is? Do you think you have any similarities to I guess your playing style?
2: Uh, I, well, I'm I'm certainly a little bit calmer than I was on the field. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, but uh, I'm I'm very similar in that I am I, I know that I want to learn and I want to continue to grow as a coach, just as I just as I did as a player. Um, and I'm continuing to do that every single day, I have an open mind, I'm open to, to anything and, uh, and I think that's extremely important as a coach. Yeah,
1: Just a lot, last couple here is, uh, what's the biggest difference I guess working for an affiliate like the Monarchs versus working for an independent club like Louisville that doesn't necessarily have an MLS team telling you who, who has to be on your squad?
2: yeah no i mean it's it's certainly different in that you know we have the ability at louisville to to build the team uh how we want but that being said everywhere in the world and and every club that you go to it's going to be different they're going to do things differently and i think it's important as a coach to be able to adapt to that and i think um there's there's positives and negatives to to both and um but at the end of the day, uh, you have to go out and coach, and you have to win games, and that's that's the reality of the business. Yeah. And what what are your personal
1: ultimate goals in the game coaching? Where, where where do you ultimately want to end up?
2: It's funny, you know, I get I actually get that asked que- asked ask that question quite a bit. Um, and and at the moment right now, my goal is to win another championship as an assistant coach at Louisville, um, and to continue to get better. Uh, I can't get anywhere that I want to go um, without learning it's a process just the same as playing um so i haven't thought you know where do i want to get to or where i'm i'm really living in the moment right now because at the end of the day if i don't do that i can't get to wherever that is you know and i think i'm a firm believer and i'll end up wherever i'm supposed to be the 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 professional soccer business is is fluid and um, but right now I'm, I'm focused on where I'm at and, and continuing to get better.
1: Okay. And then just the last one is uh, considering it's the off season, what's, what's your favorite to do thing to do. That's not soccer outside the game. What do you do in your free time?
2: Uh, well, I love to travel. Um, but, uh, I, I'm a big reader. I really am. And so I, um, I do that quite a bit. I'm a coffee shop guy, but I'm, I'm pretty low key. I, I like to relax, hang with my wife and my dogs. Um nothing too crazy so
1: awesome yeah well, thanks so much for joining us danny. appreciate it man Joel. you got it awesome Thanks. Right. that was danny cruz current louisville city assisting coach next up we'll hear from darren Sawatsky, the new coach of fc tucson
0: Darren, thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm good, Tommy. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, Can you start by taking us back to your earliest memories in the game of soccer? What first got you into the game? I, I assume growing up in the Pacific Northwest had something to do with that.
0: Um, yeah, you know, nobody in my family had ever played soccer. My dad wasn't really an athlete. So a uh, neighborhood uh, uh, buddy invited me out to play and I went out And from the first day. That was it, man. I knew I wanted to play soccer forever. Awesome. What makes the culture perfect for soccer in the oregon watching area? I know you've played and coached in both. I don't know. Perfect's a strong word. It's an uh, incredibly competitive area. A lot of really intelligent people settled there. A lot of former athletes like the Northwest and stayed. So, you know, good gene pools around makes for good athletes, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you went on to attend, I guess, college at uh, Portland University, a really, really strong program. Somewhat a notorious fan base as well for college That between them and Santa Barbara. What led to that decision? Was it purely based on soccer or was it on both academics as well?
0: Uh, Clive Charles. Um, Clive was a... Uh, You know, it's really sad. There's a lot of guys in this country, you know, the Bob Bradleys, the Bruce Arenas of the world, you know, we just lost one with Ziggy, you know, Clive was one of those guys and it was tough when he passed away because he was really my, my guy, you know, he he was a good guiding, um, person in my life. He was an unbelievable person and coach, but, you know, when Clive had interested me, it was a no brainer. There was no question where I was going to go to college. Changed my life. Awesome.
1: Yeah. And then after that, you went on to begin playing pro in Oregon. This was, I guess, before major league soccer, right? So, what was becoming a pro like? Was that something that was always on your radar, or did it just kind of happen?
0: Well, similar to a lot of guys out here at the at the Combine, you know, I didn't really have a concept of what professional really meant, right? We all wanted to make money and play soccer as long as we could, rather than dig ditches and build houses or whatever else it was. Um, Ignacio Baez, a former pro player who played at Cruz Azul, played for the old Portland Timbers, asked me if I wanted to play for a team called the Salem Surge in the old USISL, and uh, then he got me a tryout down with Unam in Mexico, and you know that was before MLS, so it was a cool experience.
1: Yeah, and then you were you were selected in the inaugural MLS draft. Uh, what was your perception of the league going into that season, and how excited were you personally for the new new league?
0: Dude, unbelievable! You know, Senil Gallati called me uh, when I was down in Mexico and said, "Would you be interested in coming back?" And Clive gave me a recommendation, which was worth its weight in gold. So uh, I was super excited. You know, we all wanted the league to launch and. You know, I, I hear people talk about how the league's gotten so much better, and you know, in terms of professionalism and stuff, uh, I agree with that. It's unbelievable. The opportunities for these guys are, are just great. But man, there were players in the league then—the Donadoni's, the, the you know, these guys I played with, um, you know, Joe Maxmore and, and and these players. I mean, those guys you could plug them into any MLS team now, and they would be all stars. So we had some good teams. As an Everton fan, Joe Maxmore, is someone I know <laughs> play, play, you know played
1: Premier League when before he came back. But I guess during your career, you you played it a lot of different. Places a lot of different levels. The indoor game. How difficult is that as a of, as a player to have to move around so often?
0: You know, I was having this discussion last night with uh, Danny Cruz and uh, Gustavo. I- you. When you, when, you, when you get old like me, <laughs> you look back on it and you say, man, what, what is it that I love the most about it? And the process was the most important thing. So the bus rides, the plane trips, the locker rooms, I mean, that's what you remember. It's, it's great winning trophies, but it's the people that you meet along the way and the relationships you have. So, you know, moving around uh, it was probably because I wasn't the best soccer player in the world. I was just very hardworking. And uh, with each of those stops came uh, incredible opportunities and relationships I have to this day. Yeah. And you finally returned, I guess, to the Northwest, joining the, uh, the A-League Sounders.
1: Oh, what, did, what did it mean to you to play for your hometown team? Uh, and what do you recall from that first season?
0: You know, coming back, Brian Smetzer <clears throat> excuse me, uh, brought me back. You know, he's uh, he's doing very well for himself in MLS. And you know, coming back that first year, we really had an MLS roster on that team. I mean, Brian Ching was on it, Leighton O'Brien, Jason Farrell. I mean, there were guys on that team that were that were very, very good and had a lot of experience. Sean Henderson was on that team. You know, it was just an unbelievable year of soccer. And you know, when we found out that there was going to be an MLS team coming coming in the in the future we all uh, we we're all excited about it and you saw what happened you yeah. know so you, you continued to
1: play but got into coaching
0: during the end of your playing career how early did
1: you know you wanted to coach and was getting your coaching education something that you were always kind of working towards while you were finishing your career
0: yeah you know when you're a player and your uh, knees start telling you that you're not young anymore you start to look at it either either decide whether you're going to coach you're going to administrate or do something completely out of the game i've done a bit of all of it you know and uh you know, I love the locker room. I love leading and, and being a part of uh, a groups and getting a, a group of personalities together to go win things. So, I, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I, I did my A license early. I did my B and then my A, excuse me, and then uh, I was lucky enough to do that French formation license with the MLS guys, the first group. So, it's uh, it's been a good ride, man. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm.
1: So, you coached a long time with, I guess, the Sounders PDL U23 side, I guess, for six years. where did you learn from your time coaching there, and what are your overall thoughts, I guess, on the short pdl development seasons
0: you know it's interesting if you recruit well and uh, you understand what it is to be a professional you can be really effective in that three-month period of helping guys i uh we had four players selected in the mls draft yesterday you know santiago patino being the highest one is the third he played with us last summer and scored like 10 goals for us You're what i think he got from this summer was really the professional environment what it's going to look like day in and day out for 12 months i mean that's what we created so you learn to help guys get that last piece or the final piece to get ready uh, but you're not making lemonade without lemons, so you have to have good players
1: yeah and then while at this while with the sounders you you also i guess coach the tacoma stars uh indoor one of the more, the more historic major arena soccer league teams what's the biggest difference with coaching the arena game
0: well, the first thing I would say is they're two completely different games. There's a soccer ball, but after that, it's not it's, it's, it's not too much the same. I would say this, though. There are some incredibly good soccer players playing in the indoor league, trying to play their trade and make it to the highest levels. And, uh, you know, sometimes people discount the indoor game, and I, I think that's a tragedy because there's guys indoors that, uh, that can easily plug into USL rosters tomorrow. Yeah, and, and
1: do you believe there are elements, like you were just talking about, of the indoor game that can help or hurt development of an outdoor player?
0: A hundred percent. I mean the realities are there are different nuances like when you defend you you know like basketball you turn with players when they play the ball past you things like that but in in, you know in relation to technique and you know technique under pressure and understanding how to move to create space in a tight area I mean those things translate directly into the game you know in a way that you know futsal and some other things really help outdoor players get better at the technical pieces of the game. And then one last one, you were
1: coaching a third team during this whole time with the with the Guam national team at the international level. What was that experience like to, to lead a small nation?
0: You know, uh, what an experience. You know, I got to take them through the EAFF in uh, 2016. Um, you know, we played against North Korea. Uh, we we're in the game till the last 10 minutes, you know, with a with a bunch of Islanders and some kids from America. And, you know, it, it was an incredible experience to be in Asia and, 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 you know, to get to see a different perspective. So I was very lucky.
1: Yeah. And then I guess that brings us to, to where you are now. You were just announced as the, the new head coach of FC Tucson. What, what led to this opportunity and what are you looking forward to most?
0: Um, You know, Rick Schantz is the head coach of Phoenix Rising, and he's a friend of mine. Um, You know, he talked to me about whether or not I had interest in doing that. And, And the project in Arizona is really incredible. You know, we have a nice vertical pyramid. The aspirations of the uh, the Phoenix franchises to go to the highest level. So my job is to help produce players for rising out of out of Tucson. And you know, anytime that I'm helping players develop and win games, it's an exciting project and it's a new opportunity.
1: Yeah, so so, I guess how are you looking to build out your initial roster? What kind of players are you looking for? Um, a lot of more younger guys to to bring through, or older veterans as well?
0: You know, the reality is, again, our job this year is to to win. Uh, first and foremost, but to also make sure that we help Phoenix Rising win. So my job is to have players ready, whether they're 16, 18 years old or 30 years old, for that matter. If they're good enough to move up to Rising and help them win games, you know, move back and forth, then I've done my job. So we're, we're pretty open-minded about the roster. Uh, if you're good enough, you're good enough.
1: Yeah, and what, what makes you like the, the development side of the game and helping kids reach that MLS draft and
0: things like that? You know, when I when I went on the French license, I learned what I didn't know. And it was a lot, and I learned what I ha- had known. You know, I'd been part of the top development group at the Sounders Academy and that type of stuff for years, and I just realized how far we need to go in the U.S. So I feel a responsibility to help uh, soccer players in this country have their best opportunity to reach their potential. And and you know, it, it, all due to respect to everybody, we we haven't done as good a job as we need to, me included. And uh, I just want to get better to help the game in the U.S. Yeah, considering you played and coached in the
1: USL at hugely different points from 95 all the way to now. What are your thoughts, I guess, on the new League One and what USL is building and how the league looks now versus how it looked when you played in it?
0: You know, there's a romantic view with the promotion relegation argument and all of these types of things, which are great. But at the end of the day, our job is to try to help players develop and make the game better in the U.S., you know, having a third professional tier that can feed the second professional tier that then can feed the first is uh, is a huge step forward for our country. So I just want to help the game. I want to help players. And for me, it's 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 not where I do it. It's how I do it. Yeah, so, so what are your
1: short and long-term goals, I guess, with Tucson uh, specifically? And what are you looking to accomplish in this first
0: year? Uh, number one, we want to win from day one. Um, we want to play a good brand of soccer, and uh, we want to help Phoenix uh, get back to that USL championship final. And everything we can do to help that is, is our job.
1: And then you, you mentioned it a little bit there, but what are your ultimate personal goals in the game coaching?
0: Um, I You know, I, as I said before, I, I was lucky enough to play in MLS. You know, I've had some some sniffs at the Olympic team and stuff like that. As, as a very average player, I, I was very lucky. I, I, all of us want to coach at the highest level that we can coach, but that doesn't necessarily mean the level of the, of the league. For me, I want to be the very best coach that I can be in USL league one. I want to help players get better and I want to win games with a good brand of soccer.
1: And then just a little bit outside of soccer since it's the off season, what's your favorite thing to do that isn't the game of soccer? What do you, what what do you enjoy outside of the game?
0: Yeah, well the sun rises and sets with my family for me. I'm i I'm a big family man. My wife and I have five kids. You know, our youngest is moving down to Arizona. The rest are kind of out of the house. Um, so anything I can do with my family, we're super outdoors. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a bow hunter. Uh, I fish with my son. I'm an avid outdoors guy. I don't sit idle very often. Awesome. Well, the, you're
1: the third guy now on the podcast who's a fisherman because Ian Russell and Steve Ralston. <laughs> so yeah. you guys need just need to get a group together and go out. But thanks so much for joining us, Darren, and uh, good luck this season.
0: Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it, man.
1: That was Darren Sawatsky, new head coach of FC Tucson. That's all for this show. Thanks so much for joining us live from the Combine. And until next time, keep supporting the beautiful game.